Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Princess Charlotte turned seven and we've got the brand new pics, including their dog. For a long time, it was, who does she look like? Yeah. We're going back and forth. And then this year we all said, nope, very much William's daughter. Meghan Markle canceled at Netflix as Kate Middleton's lookalike campaigns to be on the crown. This seemed like a real passion project for Meghan. Yeah. So you know that she's just devastated. I imagine mm-hmm. it was really heartbreaking. And royal expert Richard Fitzwilliams gives us his take on Tina Brown's bombshell book. Uh, does the royal family pay attention? Uh, depends. Firstly, it depends on the reception. It depends on the serialization. It depends on whether or not people generally believe it. We've got that plus so much more in today's Royally Us. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina. That's Christina. Welcome to another big week of royal news. Christine, I'm happy to have you back. Yeah, thank you so much. We're kind of resettled now. I'm so excited to be here. Um, the stories this week are really fun and interesting. I'm really excited to get into it. Yes, we have a lot to get into. But before we do that, as always, let's see what you guys have to say about last week's show. Kicking it off with Kate says Harry and Meghan shouldn't go to the Queen's Jubilee as it will take the attention away from the Queen and no one in the family needs to be upset by them again. Seems like a lot of people have differing opinions on this, whether they should go, whether they shouldn't, since a lot of the attention will be on them if they do decide to show up. I think this is lose-lose. I think she yeah. makes a really good point that really, if they don't go, the attention absolutely will be on them. But if they do go, the attention will be on them. So it's just lose-lose here. Either way, this whole story is just taking away from the Queen's celebration. It really is. Uh, Wendy says Harry's comment was ridiculous. She is one of the most protected people in the world. He has been so disrespectful. Of course, talking about Harry's comment on the Today Show, saying that he checked in on the Queen to make sure she was surrounded and protected by the right people. It was a very strange comment and a lot of people could probably read into it a little bit more. I was hoping Hoda would have been like, what do you mean by that? Um, He probably wouldn't have answered, but um, I would love to know what he really meant by that statement. I know. I feel like we're going to analyze this until we get another soundbite out of him. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And then finally, Angel Angel says that was a lost opportunity. Oh, that was a lost opportunity for Hoda Copy to follow through with with Harry's comments. We were thinking the same thing. Uh, She should have asked, who do you think are the right people, Harry? Harry likes to throw away common crumbs like these uh, for the press to ruminate on. I think the queen has been running the monarchy successfully enough all this time without his childish inputs. So members of the press be more alert to follow through with his comments. Um, Yeah, but, you know, maybe she was a little thrown off guard by that comment, too, and didn't really know how to kind of follow up with that. But right. I mean, I I wouldn't know what to say. Right. You know, in a professional way, I think she still has to be professional. You know, there's no way to be like, what does that even mean? 
Right. Yeah, no, definitely. No, I thought she she handled it well. All right. Well, let's get to our Royal Roundup and kick it off with Princess Charlotte celebrating her seventh birthday with a series of new portraits, of course, taken by the Duchess herself, uh, Duchess Kate, not uh, not Princess Charlotte. <laughs> and we finally got the name of their dog, Orla. This, you know, we they got this dog a very long time ago. and We're finally seeing the first pictures, getting the name. And but before that, I mean, Princess Charlotte is like a spitting image of Prince William. It's amazing. She really is. I think that for a long time it was who does she look like? Yeah. We're going back and forth. And then this year we all said, nope, very much William's daughter. <laughs> it's crazy. Very- I mean, in these yeah. pictures, I, I like remember her being like three or four and now she's like seven and she's like a little young lady. I know. I love that these photos were taken this past weekend. I love, you know, what was a mom on a deadline? You, yeah. know, <laughs> right. you can definitely relate to that. Oh no, I have to take those. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Got to take those pictures. Got to take them. Yeah. <laughs> and then and the dog. I yes. think that this was so sweet. It reminds me of George's birthday photos several years ago with Lupo and now we got to meet Orla Mm -hmm. Um, and Orla is a name that means golden princess, which is really sweet. Two princesses uh, taking photos together. I love it. Hopefully she had a a lovely little birthday. I hope so. I hope so. All right. well, this is a big story coming out of uh, Royal News this week. Pearl, the animated series created by Meghan Markle, will not air due to budget cuts at Netflix. She was set to executive produce the series alongside David Furnish, who is Elton John's husband. However, the series has been pulled uh, for Netflix cuts. Like we said, the streamer is really after the stock dropped in response to a recent drop in subscribers, which is interesting. And Pearl is one of the several projects in development that they pumped the brakes on. So kind of a big deal. They have this overall big deal with Netflix. They're, you know, producing documentaries, animated series, uh, children's programs. So um, it wasn't in production yet, but it was definitely uh, in the works. Yeah, I think that they had already sort of, you know, um, started motion on the project. Mm-hmm. And I this seemed like a real passion project for Megan. Yeah. So, you know, that she's just devastated. I imagine mm-hmm. it was really heartbreaking for the you know rug to be pulled out from under this project. Um, it, it was a great concept. It mm-hmm. was, um, you know, Pearl was a young girl of color who, you know, was learning more about um, strong female role models. And it was all about empowering young girls, especially women of color and young yeah. girls of color. And I think it was something that, you know, it was a show that we really needed in that space. But unfortunately, you know, it's amazing that this that Megan's show as part of this larger Netflix package was the one that got the cut. Right. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. There were several other projects. It wasn't just Megan's, but yeah, definitely interesting that they decided to cut uh, one of their projects. So we'll see maybe down the run, down the line. Um, It'll be back in the works, but as of right now, not so much. All right. Well, Prince William celebrated his 11th wedding anniversary by speaking about the floods affecting Australia. He said the sheer magnitude and long-term impacts the floods in Australia have had on those affected is devastating. The speed of the destruction has resulted in thousands left without homes, businesses, and income. Residents and emergency responders are continuing to work together to rebuild shattered neighborhoods and recover from this natural disaster. Yeah, it's hard. You know, when you're across the world, you don't really realize what's going on. But yes, these floods are you know taking over Australia and it's nice said he kind of checked in and made some comments about it. 
Yeah, I know that, you know, Australians, especially with the two successful, you know, very successful Australian mm-hmm. tours, the Australians seem to really love Prince William. Yeah. So I think it was great that he, you know, spoke out and, you know, sent them a message. Definitely. All right. Well, this is a fun story because Dominic West um, casting as Prince Charles in the crown came as a surprise to him. Uh, he told the Daily Mail, it's quite con- disconcerting as I didn't look anything like him when I looked in the mirror. I kept telling the producers that they had cast the wrong person, but they explained that this was not a show of... Um, uh, imitations, but that it, but that was difficult as this is a real person who is hugely famous and recognizable. Yeah, he really doesn't look anything like Prince no, Charles. No, nothing at all. I wonder maybe they'll do something with his ears. Is that maybe. terrible to say? <laughs> I, I um, don't know. I mean, yeah, it's very interesting because like everybody else who has played um, the characters uh, or, or you know the real life people have sort of a resemblance, right? But don't Dominic West, not so answer. much. I'm really excited to see, but I. I also think that as we get closer to the modern era where we can remember these things, it's probably really hard to have an actor portray you know, that character. Right. No, totally. Cause you know, exactly, you know what they look like in modern time. And uh, yeah, it's definitely interesting. I would love to know what people who people would have liked to see uh, play Prince, Prince Charles. I'm sure Dominic West will do a fantastic job. He's yes. a, a wonderful actor, um, but yeah, so ve- very interesting. Um, but I, there is one person that is campaigning to play Duchess Kate on the crown. And there, there's this girl out of Australia who looks exactly like her. And I mean, sign her up right now, give her the role. I know I've seen this. She's um, on TikTok. She's an artist uh, and she's identical to Kate. It's amazing. There's all these um, I've seen all these posts on social media sort of comparing her for this college age, college era um, mm-hmm. Duchess of Cambridge. And yes, I really want to see this happen. Make it happen. Netflix stock. <laughs> right. They cast a, a TikTok stuff. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, she looks exactly like her. It's kind of uncanny. It's crazy. All right. Well, now it is time to spill the royal tea. And people, like we said, are still talking about the biggest bombshells in Tina Brown's book, The Palace Papers. So we wanted to break it down even further. You know, she says in the book that Megan and Kate were probably both crying over, you know, this whole bridesmaids dress uh, drama, which I can kind of understand if one person is crying. I'm sure the other one was probably getting upset as well. Yeah, I love Tina Brown's comment on this is that, you know, there were probably a lot of meltdowns that day. Yes. And I think even leading up to it, all weddings are stressful. Royal weddings under this microscope must be hugely stressful. So, yes, I imagine everybody, you know, <laughs> yes. both parties were probably very upset. Totally. And she also talks a little bit about why the Fab Four, you know, Harry, Meghan, uh, William and Kate only made one appearance together, right? Yeah. So it was at this um, uh, mental health uh, panel where they were all up on stage. It was really Mm -hmm. memorable event. And it was sort of part of the Heads Together campaign, which Mm -hmm. teamed up a bunch of causes across the Fab Four, as they were, you know, titled at the time. And I guess Kate had really spearheaded that Mm -hmm. project that was really kind of her brainchild from her experiences and her work, and especially her very personal experiences with her brother, James, who struggled with clinical depression. Um, Megan gave some remarks and sort of uh, shifted the narrative. And I don't want to say stole in a very aggressive sense, but stole the soundbite where the title, the headlines were now about what Megan speaking out about women's empowerment, Mm -hmm. where the headlines really needed to be about Kate's mental health project. Right. It was an interesting introduction into the power struggle and the really complicated dynamic between the four of them. And then we never saw the four of them together again. Yeah. I think we said, um, 
a couple of weeks ago that somebody else said that this was kind of like the start of the downfall between the four oh, of them. That's and you right. can, they pointed out when you go back and watch yes. these clips, it's really weird. And at the time we didn't think anything of it, but when you go back right. and watch the clips from this event, it is, yeah, it's noticeable. Yeah. There is a lot of tension there. And, you know, she also, we, you know, there's been a lot of books that said, and a lot of reporting that said that William wanted Harry to wait a little bit longer before proposing. She says that again in the book that she wanted Meg, that he, that William wanted Megan to live in the UK for a little while longer to get kind of used to things before Harry proposed. But of course that happened really quickly. But what I found really interesting was that this Prince Andrew, of course, that disastrous BBC interview that <laughs> Prince Andrew gave um, around Jeffrey Epstein was actually approved by the queen, queen under false pretenses. Right. So I guess the, the staff told the queen or, you know, whoever the powers that be that approved this, that this was part of his pitch at the palace initiative, mm -hmm. which, um, which was sort of a networking um, project for entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, and it was very much not about that. Uh, yeah, not <laughs> at all. The, not at all. The program was approved under these false pretenses. I can't imagine the conversation the next day between the Prince Andrew and, and the Queen. And I really, again, begs the question of their continued relationship. She really must have a soft spot for him because... Oh. Uh, <laughs> that was a disaster. <laughs> All right. Well, she also revealed, this is interesting, um, that Prince Charles has a very particular, it's very particular when it comes to his travel. She wrote that Prince Charles's former aide, Michael Fawcett, would oversee the paraphernalia that preceded his boss, like the baggage train of Tudor traveling court, including the prince's orthopedic bed, lavatory seat and Kleenex velvet lavatory paper, mm. <laughs> plus two <laughs> landscapes um, of the Scottish land landscapes interesting so interesting that um he has velvet uh toilet paper i mean <laughs> i'm gonna have to look this up it's now got the royal stamp of approval seriously <laughs> i mean we all have weird things that we have to travel with um that seems like a lot but when you're <laughs> the prince of wales i suppose you can take a lot of liberties exactly oh my god so many bombshells in this book and we decided to break it down even further with the help of royal expert richard Fitzwilliams. Take a look at this. Does the royal family ever even pay attention to these salacious books and these rumors that kind of come flying around? Because there was a lot of bombshells in that book that I'm sure people are going to read into. Well, I mean, Tina Brown wants an audience and she writes in a particular way, which I mean, her book on Diana, Diana Chronicles, is regarded as the top work of its type. Uh, I'm halfway through the Palace Papers. I've just bought it. Mm -hmm. And I have to say the way she deals with Princess Diana's manipulation of the media chills the blood. Mm -hmm. uh, she's very effective when she's campaigning. And uh, we, uh, does the royal family pay attention? Uh, it depends. Firstly, it depends on the reception. It depends on the serialization. It depends on whether or not people generally believe it. I mean, they don't like to acknowledge. But on the other hand, something like Oprah had to be acknowledged. So the Queen was able to say, some recollections may vary. Indeed, they did. Can you tell us our thought, your thoughts on um, whether we'll see Prince Harry or his wife at the Jubilee events? 
Well, I can only tell you what the current situation is. It's, um, it is slightly weird because, as you know, for purposes of security, they feel, uh, Harry feels, his bodyguards don't get the update uh, information that Scotland Yard's police have and he believes that there might be, I and mean, there were neo-Nazi threats against him, this sort of thing it occurred. He was one of his, um, his apparently his car was chased when he came over last year for unveiling the monument to Prince Diana, and, and so far as he's concerned, apparently the security that he would be offered, and remember, he his non his security was removed, uh, where the um, the taxpayer funded part of it. Uh, so far as this is being handled, it's rather odd because he's got a court case against the government, the only royal ever to bring one on this particular issue. Now, so far as the way it has playing out. It was thought that, considering, as you know, Harry and Meghan recently literally popped in, you could say, uh, to visit the Queen or to the Invictus Games in the Netherlands, had they not done so, not having attended the service of Thanksgiving for Prince Philip, it would indeed have been a snub. However, the fact the special escort service provided security for that, there were reports that that would do for the Jubilee. And remember, of course, the Queen hasn't met baby Lily. Uh, Archie, it's been a long time since the Queen saw him. And of course, Meghan hasn't been back. There are all sorts of issues. There are a lot of people who will be highly critical if and when they come back. And indeed, they have... I mean, the Harry's, as you know, he's um, going to have a memoir published later this year. Now, that could always be delayed. For commercial considerations, it seems an extraordinary decision, especially the timing. And I say this most particularly because if the book isn't sensational, it won't sell and it won't be serialized. If it's delayed, that's one thing. But if it isn't delayed and it helps... The Sussexes financially, and they need it with the Netflix problem at the moment, uh, the facts simply are that it will again be a source of very, very substantial discord. And whatever he says, I mean, these reports and Tina Brown with the Palace Papers has fueled these reports, but she doesn't know what's in the book. Uh, she, on the other hand, uh, she writes in a very, very racy style. There's no question that... Reports and rumours have it that uh, the, 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 that uh, Harry might be less than complimentary about Queen Camilla and aspects of a very controversial past. There's no doubt about it. It was. Facts are, however, that whatever he writes, if it's published this year, is going to cause problems, in my view, of one sort. But in the long and the short of it, you asked a short question, will they attend? I don't know. Uh, and in what capacity are that is clear? If they do come, they'll be on the Buckingham Palace balcony after tripping the colour, apparently, the third service of Thanksgiving. It's not thought that they will attend other events, but who knows? Mm. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, you know, a lot of uh, Harry's still getting a lot of backlash over the comment that he made about Queen Elizabeth, um, referring to that he checked in on her because he wanted to make sure that she was surrounded and protected by the right people. What do you think he meant by that? And does the Queen need protection? Well, the Queen has protection. Although we just are discussing it uh, at a period when there has been an extraordinary incident at Windsor where the Coldstream Guards were, in fact, supposedly 
absolutely guarding the castle, and someone turned up, quite literally turned up and said that he was a priest and said he was a friend of the chaplain, and they put him up for 16 hours. Apparently he was laughing and drinking and uh, made all sorts of weird comments about his organs and so forth. No one suspected anything wrong. Uh, these were in, this was in the... The barracks of the Coldstream Guards in Windsor. Now, I mean, that is just extraordinary. If that's an example of the way the Queen's protected, it's certainly not a very good one. Um, it's uh, it's thought this person was a fantasist. There have been several fantasists, as you know, who've taken advantage of royal events, royal palaces, and there's a certain self-aggrandizement. But who would have made this up? I mean, it really is very, very weird. Having said that, of course, I think the Queen is well protected. What Harry appears to have meant, now you could make this up to a sort of conspiracy theory if you'd like. In the interview, which I thought was so destructive, he talked about you know, all the implications were that there were forces against them. And by implication, he might be meaning that there were forces that also were against the Queen, or might be, because he always places the Queen above the barbs and the critiques that they've thrown at the royal family. Precisely what he meant, it's an unclear, of course, it'll never be explained by clots. What did they mean exactly? Well, they weren't pinned down to answering questions. But the facts of the matter would appear that that interview was would probably water for ducks back for an American audience. The British, I mean, the British press, of course, detested uh, the some of the phraseology and the thought that he would be helping the Queen and the fact that he wouldn't answer a question about uh, his relations with his father and his brother. And, you know, they still haven't made up their mind if they're coming over for the um, the Platinum Jubilee. So it really is an extraordinary situation. But in to summarise it, I'd say the rift very definitely hasn't been healed. I think that, I'm afraid, is quite clear. Do you think that um, their relationship might change once Prince Charles becomes king? Or, I mean, at this point, is there anything that's going to save this relationship? Well, we just don't know, and we'll just have to wait and see. The point is, though, that it's worth just thinking. For the poor, from the Sussexes' point of view, if they're going to be made to the philanthropists, I'm presuming that's what they want to be. If you might wish to be a politician, that's another issue. Um, it's not in her interest or in his to have bad family relations. And apart from Princess Eugenie and um, Doria, Meghan's mother, they are certainly estranged in one way or another from pretty well everybody, as far as I can see. Uh, they're not close to them. So far as the royal family concerned, they want to stop damaging leaks. They want to stop damage. And of course, with young people, for example, who are less keen on the monarchy now, I would say. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean they want a republic, but it's just it has been battered. It's been a difficult period, as you know, for it. So it's in everyone's interest to solve the rift. But will it be solved? Well, I mean, what about the state of the Sussex's finances? What about Netflix's disastrous uh, situation with the shares plummeting, with them cutting budgets, announcing I'm going to have advertising, all of this? And the fact they're going to scrap Megan's um, new series, a uh, car animated series called Pearl Pearls Inspired by by famous women or well-known women, apparently, and that is for the chop. Harry's Invictus series is, of course, coming out relatively soon, it's reported, but equally, they haven't done anything else for 100 million reported New York Times contract. And I mean, 
On Spotify, they've only produced one pretty mediocre podcast. So, Hebel reports they joined the Harry Walker speaking agency. The Obamas and Clintons are, are part of it. Now, the pandemic would have held that up, but what's happening to that? We haven't heard. So, question marks so far as their future's concerned. They need to make more announcements and do more. All right. Well, now it is time to check in on our pint-sized palace. And Prince Harry shared how he's introducing his kids to adaptive sports and talking to his kids about disabilities. He said, I showed Archie a video of wheelchair basketball and rugby from the Invictus Games in Sydney, and he absolutely loved it. He added, I showed him how some players were missing legs and explained that some had invisible injuries, too. Not because he asked, but because I wanted to tell him. Kids understand so much, and to see it through his eyes was amazing because it was so unfiltered and honest. I love this. I love this so much. Um, I think it's really important, especially if you didn't grow up in a household that openly discussed things Mm -hmm. like differences and disabilities um, to talk about it with your children proactively. And I love that Harry, not only that he did this, but that he spoke about it on a public platform Mm because other parents might now have this conversation as well, just sort of normalizing these differences Mm -hmm. and, you know, not making it something shameful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely an important conversation to have. Well, Christine, thank you so much for running down all things Royals with me as always. Mm -hmm. This was a fun week. It definitely was. Definitely. (laughs) All right. Well, everybody, keep commenting, keep subscribing, and we will see you guys next week for what is sure to be another big week of Royal News. See you next time.